Welcome to another episode of Queer For It, a podcast hosted by three queer friends living in Austin, Texas, bringing you the gayest realness you didn't know you needed. My name is Chris. I'm a queer... <laughs> I'm a queer person. <laughs> I'm a queer. I'm a queer. I'm a damn goddamn queer. She, her pronouns. Instagram is at the YOLO bandit. I'm Courtney. I'm a lesbian. I use she, her pronouns. And my Instagram is at court underscore roads. I'm Chris. I'm a trans man. I use he, him pronouns. And my Instagram is at see the stars ablaze. And this week we have our very first guest. A very special guest. So as y'all know, we changed the format. We're doing a rotating seat so we can cover more topics y'all are interested in. Yep. You want to give a little intro? Do you want? Do you want to tell? Do you want to tell them who our guest is? It's I my, feel like you know her best. Oh, it's kind of you know. <laughs> it's my very own girlfriend, Kristen. Um, go in and just say like your intro, like we do. Okay, my name's Kristen. I'm a lesbian. I use she/her pronouns, and my Instagram is ktor19. Ktor19. Perfectly done. Do you also have a, a chef Instagram? Yes. What's Chef that one? Kristen Torres. At Chef Kristen mm-hmm. Torres. Very Great. simple. In my head, that's what I always think of you as. I'm like, oh, Chef Kristen Torres, duh. It's like yeah. doctor. <laughs> yes, it's literally, it's literally, yeah, it's literally, yeah. It's, uh, you have to refer to her as Chef at all times. Chef, well, if I don't call you K-Tor, if I don't think of your name as K-Tor, then I think of your name as Chef Kristen Torres, all one word. <laughs> yes, I'm a chef. celebrity. Yeah, you should just start saying, like, yes, Chef, no Chef to her. Yes, Chef. Yes, Chef. And this, <laughs> this week's Queers for the Cheers is brought to you by... <laughs> Champagne! Because we're back on our game. Mm, afternoon snack of champions. That's where I'm yeah, it's 3.38. It's way later than I thought it was. <laughs> That's very late for us. It happens. We thought we'd start recording this podcast maybe two hours ago, but... Golly. <laughs> That's about the amount of time it takes to get into the, the process. Whoa. Delicious. <laughs> Nailed it. Delicious. Kristen was so nervous. <laughs> I, that was really well, good in my eyes. Food makes her kind of skittish. <laughs> um, Kator, what do you do? I cook for a living. You do? A somewhat living. A yeah. somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, y'all. Cheers, queers. How were y'all's weeks? It's pleasantry time. Good, I've been sick at home all week. I had the flu. I lost seven pounds. Ooh, I was wondering. I gave you a hug and I was like, yes. Where'd you go? I haven't lost any weight. This hard-ass body yaddy. Here I am. I found your seven pounds. Next question. Uh, (laughs) I just have eaten a lot of chocolate. I just keep eating food, hoping that it makes me feel better. Courtney's like, I've also been ill and burning calories at a high rate because I'm sick, but I've been making sure to refill them. I'm not trying to lose weight. No. Maintaining. Maintaining. Um... Yeah, so that's been my week. I've been at home, but I've been trying to work. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, babe? Did <laughs> Chris answers to babe? No, 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 no. I was gonna, I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, did we do something this week? But we did something on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was, so I was like, wait, didn't I kind of see you guys? But I you was, were so, that was like pinnacle uh, yeah. of your illness. Had a hundred three degree fever. Oh, uh, so we was should. Not coming over. We should have a. We will take a small moment of this episode, maybe not right the second, but to talk about how we all watch the L word together. Um, okay, so Chris, you were ill, death and dying, pretty much the whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, we did go to the L word watch lovely. party. Which yeah, was Sunday. Nice. I was so bummed to miss. Sunday, um, my lovely girlfriend Maria hosted a few people at her house to have food in the L word, and it was a freaking blast. How was your week? Um, slow. My week was slow. Yeah. What is a What's a regular day look like for you? 
Um, With your work. Like a perfect day mm-hmm. would be wake up, gym, breakfast, go to work, as in go grocery shopping, cook, clean, leave. You leave the house? What time you leave in the house? My house or their house. Oh, wait, when did you get to someone's house? <laughs> wait, what happened? I, I cook at, at, at someone else's house. Okay, you cook at the client's house. Yes. Okay, got it. So you left here to go to the grocery store? At nine thirty ten. 10. Okay, and then you get to a client's house. How long are you at a client's house cooking, usually? Like 11 to 4. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> that is all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus, okay, that's a commitment. And then you, like, come home. Mm-hmm. And they have to take care of Courtney because she's completely useless. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's pretty true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, probably watch okay. basketball and then go to bed. Hoops and yeah. then go to bed. That's what I just want. Dream girl. I want. I would like to watch y'all watch a basketball game. I think I'd really enjoy that. Mm. Well, you watch on the projector. Yes. Hang out outside. You can drink a beer and oh. just like go hoo, 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 at everything. Or the twins found this church not too far by. That's what we're going to try to buy and then we can watch at the church. Yep, we're going to buy that and live in it. Buy it and live in it. It's If you would like to donate to the to for Queer us. For It um, housing fund, housing fund, we would like to buy a church. We're going to eventually turn one part of it into like a community open space. We could build um, a podcast studio. We could build. Oh, so hot. Y'all. There's so many possibilities. We've got to get this church. Do you think we would get stricken down if we stepped foot in this building? No. Oh, no, no, no. I think God loves it. Whatever interpretation of God you believe in, loves all the people. And then people have just mixed up that message to make it say he only loves specific people. I don't think that shit's true. <laughs> He's like, look, I made all y'all in my image according to some texts but not you guys <laughs> you guys were a real big fuck up over there oh, gross. I was on a bender when I oh made did he touch his butt <laughs> ew <laughs> uh yeah so that's that's on the agenda too buying a house that we can afford <laughs> oh my gosh y'all have had such a busy week <laughs> Get on, get on uh, figuring out how to fund that for our, our I'm excited for it. Yeah, I I had a good business week. I was asked by three different publications to be in our, featured in articles that are coming out in like the next six months, which is crazy. And one of them's a book, and that's pretty cool. And then um, today I got the first of my mass challenge money. So I got a 50K, uh, you know, check reminder into my business debit account. And I was like, fuck yes. So I'm going to pay myself next week or something. I'm pretty excited about that. Get my first my first paycheck in two years. And we'll talk about owning your own business <laughs> in the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fun. Fun. <laughs> this week's Queer Fry is brought to you by Chef Kristen Torres at Chef Kristen Torres. If you're in the Austin area and interested in a personal chef or meal prep services, check out chefkristentorres.com or hit her up on the Instagram at Chef Kristen Torres. <laughs> you're so good. It. This, week um, this week we're talking about entrepreneurship, um, which is how Chris... Courtney and I originally met, which we've talked about a handful of times. Totally. Talking about being queer entrepreneurs, owning our own businesses, mm-hmm. um, what that's like, how to start a business, mm-hmm. challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we initially is, met talking to a bunch of little kids about it. Mm-hmm. And we had such a good time doing that, it led us to creating this. Yeah, so this week we wanted to do our first episode with 
um, a guest, and it made sense to bring on fellow Kristen, entrepreneur who's. Courtney's girlfriend, but also an entrepreneur because she is a personal chef, um, works for herself just like all of us. And um, I thought it was kind of interesting to bring on Kristen because she provides a service where um, we provide goods. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. yours is big and tall, so it's still like a service, mm-hmm. but like it's we, a it's service and goods. Yeah, yeah, but we like sell we sell more something like tangible, tangible, and yes, you can with like meal prep, but like she also is like exclusively a service too. So it's, a, she does, it's a trade. Yeah. Too. She does a very custom job of it too. Mm-hmm. Which seemed like a different point of view on being self-employed and mm-hmm. yeah. talk it's a, about how she got there and how we all got to where we're doing and yeah, we how, can give how much small, fun this is. We can give... <laughs> He says with tears squeezing from his eyes, we can give... As we record at 3.52 we can on give, Friday afternoon. Yeah. Hey, but we're drinking early. But So I figure we should all just touch on what each of our businesses are if someone's jumping into Queer For It on episode 16 and has no idea what any of us oh, do. Oh, definitely. Um, Good for you for jumping into episode 16. You know, that's how podcasts work, though, on when you like on Spotify. It starts with the, the, new, mo- the, the most, most recent, recent one. Totally. So that happens sometimes. It's real annoying. That's why I don't <laughs> sign up for Spotify. Uh, <laughs> we own a small... LGBTQ clothing line called Flaunt Streetwear. You can find us online at flavnt.com. Um, we design and print um, 99% of our own merch. Well, we design all of it, but we screen print most of our own stuff, mm-hmm. and it go, it benefits trans individuals fundraising for gender-affirming surgeries. Um, we've been around since... April of 2014. 2014. Yeah, and I think if someone's joining this podcast new, I think one of the extremely unique things that you guys do is you you take someone who needs help uh, paying for a surgery that will um, ultimately improve their quality of life significantly, and you partner with them, and then you sell those shirts to the public, and y'all send it out on all your socials and all their socials so that people that love him or people that don't know him but just want to contribute to some family can buy them and contribute to until you get to the point where he can afford the surgery, right? Or he, he or she or they, however, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, I think so it's a pretty, okay. uh, you know, yes, you say you're like a streetwear company, but like also you do this other huge thing for people. Yeah, it was, uh, so it's 15% of our, our profits go towards a, a fundraising partnership mm-hmm. at all times. So we've helped 12 different individuals. We're on our 12th partnership right now with a trans woman named Dunhill here in Austin. And we've raised 20... $200 for her so far. We're hoping to raise $3,000. We initially met a fundraising goal of $1,500 for her, but then her insurance company denied her claim to get her rest augmentation, so that increased her fundraising goal to $3,000. Yeah. So that's that's what we do. It's um, we're, Me and Chris are both graphic designers, so that's how we got into doing what we do. And um, Chris is trans, so he understands the struggle for fundraising for gender-affirming surgeries in just a that's his community and that's why we feel really attached to helping and providing for that community. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's just a super personal way, I think, to give back to our community and use our design degrees and um, it's helped us uh, create a lot of friends and like this Mm -hmm. big network of people who just all support each other and, and it's been really, really cool. I mean, we've sold our clothes all over the world and Mm -hmm. they're all our own designs and um, we also sell binders um, which are chest garments for pre-op trans masculine people or anyone who really any person any person that wants to flatten their chest Mm -hmm. Um, and so those are really really um, important life-changing 
garment. Um, we designed the original um, nude um, binders, like a range of skin tone color, uh, skin colors. Um, that wasn't ever available before. We did a Kickstarter in what 2015. 15. Um, and so. That's something else that we offer um, for the LGBTQ community. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really fun. Uh, it's not always super lucrative, but it's something mm-hmm. that we're passionate about and it, mm-hmm. I think changes people's lives. And I personally love to like screen print. It's like a fun, fun thing to do every day. It's Absolutely. kind of frustrating sometimes and lots of work, but it's also... I like hands-on. Mm-hmm. Cause you guys have work. to make the screens too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's bananas. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. bananas. But so that's and what we do. What year did y'all start the company? Just wondering. 2014. 2014. Okay, cool. Yeah, in April. So, did you so, guys have any? I know we like shouldn't be. I'm not supposed to be quizzing you right now, but did you guys have any like initial investment to start the company, or did you uh, put some of your own money together? You were just like, we can buy a couple shirts. We can do some. Flama started with $500 of me and Courtney's own money. Okay, cool. And initially we weren't printing our own stuff, so we just started out with a logo tee and our Pretty Boy Mm t-shirt. Got a run of shirts from a local screen printing company. Mm -hmm. Started on Store Envy. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, when that was a thing? Uh Uh Uh-huh. I had a shop on Store Envy. (laughs) Yeah, we did that for like a year before switching over to Squarespace, which we really love. Shout out to Squarespace. Um, And... What, like three years ago, started printing our, our own stuff again? Mm-hmm. Maybe. It was when we moved back to Austin and we had the room for it because we were uh, in Brooklyn when we first started. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And also, what did I want to say? Um, it, ha- it's a, it has reach, too. I remember working in Lululemon, the domain, and I was talking to some woman, and she was like, oh, I'm from Salt Lake City. And I was like, oh, cool. I moved here from Salt Lake City. And she was like, oh, fun. What do you do? And I was like, oh, I do this, this, and this, and I do a podcast. This was a while ago. And she was like, oh, I have... I mentioned Flaunt for some reason, and she was like, oh my gosh, that company, their pretty boy shirt inspired my son to start this movement in Salt Lake City, and now it's like something that is like a huge, like a huge convention that happens, and fucking like Imagine Dragons play there, because they're from uh, Provo, Utah, and so they're like sympathetic to local cause, but it's like a whole huge event, and she like, um, she was like, like so touched about it, but it was like literally because like the pretty boy shirt inspired him, and I thought that was amazing i know and i was just like me right separate from y'all talking to some person somewhere else that isn't here about some person somewhere else that isn't here like start like you know so it's just i love to see impact ripple like that's kind of incredible yeah Yeah. so it's not just a t-shirt company (laughs) um okay (laughs) k tor do you want to tell us about yeah (laughs) at chef kristen torres and um yeah a little bit about it how long have you had it the oh, services we provide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When did you start? So I started two years ago, probably January 2018, I guess. Because you didn't want to I interrupt. I genuinely you. couldn't tell you how it came about because really? it was just like, here we go. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but because you were fed up of your job, or because like. Well, I went to school, so I was in culinary school, and. At the end of culinary school, you have to go work in a restaurant and, I guess, prove 
that mm-hmm. you can... That you learn something in culinary school? That, yes and no, because, <laughs> I mean, you can be a chef or you can be a cook. Cooks don't go to school, mm-hmm. and they can still get the same job any chef could get. Mm-hmm. But you have to get hours to graduate, I guess mm-hmm. it was. And so I worked in a restaurant, and it was salad, and it was horrible. <laughs> Wait, the restaurant was salad, or your position was salad? No, 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 my position salad. was salad. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. One salad is one of my least favorite things that exists. I'm like, I like, uh, am someone who would actively campaign against salads, and I also what? didn't know it was a position someone could have. So continue. Well, it's probably called something else, like um, pantry. Yeah. It's called, called it's called salad now. Yeah. But really, all I did was like make croissants and toss salads Croissant. for eight hours, and. How I relate this to like normal things is like when people are really into doing arts and crafts and they're really fun for like a day and then you have to like do it again and you're like, I hate arts and crafts. Yeah, I hate making salads over and over and over and over and over and over. So I worked there for maybe two months and I was like, I cannot do this. I hate waiting. And then you get one order and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going, I'm going. And then you get 15 orders at once and then you're... Like basically grabbing your ankles and uh <laughs> yeah i wasn't into that i'd rather work for myself so i quit and i actually had this guy that knew flaunt where we met him in in philly mm-hmm. for pthc what's he, pthc stand for philly trans well it's ptwc now philly trans wellness conference cool where flaunt sells but he had met us and said that his sister was moving to austin and needed a personal chef so he remembered meeting me fuck yeah yada 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 i was like i could do that and at the time i had never cooked for anybody but myself and like the twins and so you know i don't know my motto is fake it till you make it and you know First client, fake it till you make it. They believed I was a personal chef. I believed I was a personal chef. <laughs> you w- you walked in with your personal chef t-shirt. You're like, here I am. What are your questions? <laughs> exactly. Fuck yeah. Okay, and so, then they, so you start off with one client. Yes. And then they were like, this is awesome. Let me introduce you to my friend so-and-so. So they introduced me to so-and-so. Fuck yeah. Who was like, this is awesome. My friend so-and-so would love this. Introduced me to so-and-so, to so-and-so, to so-and-so, to then I started with one client that led me to one other client that led me to two other clients. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth. It's one of the best. Marketing. And then they ended up posting on next door, which led me to their neighborhood. And that's where we are right now. Ooh. Wait a minute. So do you, so you provide, so what's next door? Sorry. Next door is an app for your neighborhood or like your community where it's like, oh, I saw that someone was. It's like hang- a virtual bulletin board for a neighborhood. Basically. Yeah. Like we saw a dog on the side of the road. Um, if you're missing a dog here or. Looks like those. Yeah. Um, somebody's out stealing trash cans or something or <laughs> fucking hate when people are out stealing saw, trash cans God i saw a creepy it. guy walking around the neighborhood if you see him too make sure you notify people so we know who we're looking for or something or, Keep it right. Right. or like lawn people or yes or they're like hey i had this really great lawnmower guy his name's here he's around if anyone or wants. i have uh-huh. a personal chef if you're looking for it she comes to this neighborhood dope yes okay so you get so now do you get inquiries off next door mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well not off next door but they see me on next door which links them to my website ah okay cool yes so many clients do you have now right now mm, four could use six 
Okay. But I have four. So okay. anyone in Austin looking for a personal chef, um, just give them like a rundown of like what you do for these clients. You come in once a week and... Mm-hmm. So weekday clients, I... It's a customizable menu. So it's whatever you want. If you're doing keto, paleo, low carb, high protein... So anything you want. So I made a customizable menu for you and your family to whatever you want. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, dinner party, whatever. Yes. I go grocery shopping for you. I come to your house. I cook with your pots, pans, Tupperware, whatever. Then I package it, put it in your fridge, clean your house. Well, clean your kitchen. Don't get crazy. <laughs> I clean the kitchen. Put on my French maid outfit. Clean your house. Drink Extra a bottle cost. of champ. Yes, you did buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I leave, and you'll have as many meals as you want. Essentially, it's for a week, so seven days worth of meals. But it's, a, it's a set rate, and they have a set mm-hmm. date slash day slash time that like they are allocated so every week you go to the same person on monday yes okay okay so yeah so you, because like, she can't go to everybody really, on monday yeah it, t- it takes you i guess depending on the side of the family and their need the size of the family and their needs yes. it takes you a, a x amount of time yes. many hours mm-hmm. to properly cook and care for their food mm-hmm. okay yes that makes sense do you do and the then sh- i come back the next week and do the same thing Every single Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Do you enjoy... So when I was younger, people would be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd be like, listen, I don't know, but I know I don't want to do the same thing every day. Do you enjoy the regularness of that work, the like consistency of that work? Because what the thing that you're doing, I guess, is different. What you cook is different every day. Mm-hmm. But like going to the, the same places and cooking mm-hmm. their foods. Is that fun for you? Yes. You yeah. love a routine. I love a routine, but I also love grocery shopping, and genuinely, I know I should have, like, a set, um, set menus that I give everyone, so it's like, oh, you're keto? You got the keto menu this week, you know? Well, I think it's fun But it's, every single week is different, unless the client requests the same meal, which sometimes I do, but a lot Mm -hmm. of times I don't, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, I'm doing something completely different every single day. Totally. And I only see you once a week, so I kind of make friends with them. I'm like, so how was your week? Blah, blah, blah. And then I, I don't know, I talk a lot, so you don't. I, get to, I get to know them. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to go have lunch with them, but I'm cooking the whole time. So I'm, it's like Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. and all your friends are there, mm-hmm. and you're just chit-chatting, but you're cooking. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that's that fun. every day. No, that's fun. Unless they're not there, and then I work by myself, which is horrible. And then Court gets the shit into that stick where I talk all the time afterwards. <laughs> She wants to talk. That's why you do it. You put on a podcast. You talk back to that podcast, and then you can breathe. I bought her. I bought her headphones. The good stuff. I bought her headphones for that very reason, and she couldn't figure out how to turn them on. I figured it out. Yeah, but Eventually. you don't. But you haven't used them. One I time. don't know where they are. Listen, <laughs> listen, baby steps. Yes, we're baby trying. And then, but then you have another service. We do have another service. Here we go. It is friends and family weekend prep. So weekday prep is for the client. It is customizable. If you don't like olives, you're never going to get olives. Weekend prep. <laughs> and that's a daily rate. Yeah, that's a, that is a slot rate. So it's not, oh, I'm getting 10 meals. What's my rate? No, you're my either morning slot or my night slot. Mm-hmm. It is. You pay for your time. It is a payment for... 
my time mm-hmm. or it's a payment for my service, not a product. Mm-hmm. So you're not paying for, oh, this week I got 15 meals versus next week I want 30 meals or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's good if you get a lot of meals. Yes. Yeah, you really got to take advantage of it to make it worthwhile. I think it's also good to, like any sort of creative person, right? You need, it's better for you to be able to come up with the like structure of the food you're going to produce for them in a less time constrained manner or, or less like with less constraints, you know? So you're not like, you're not like, oh, I'm going to do these specific things and you're going to pay for these specific actions. It's like, mm-hmm. they're going to pay for your block of time where you are going to, yeah. like, which I will get to if once, if we do these questions too. Yeah, we will. We'll roll through Um, But weekend prep is I cook for myself and the twins and it's like what we want to eat. I don't so weekend is way cheaper but it is only Austin and well I mean all of it's only Austin but anyhow it's like friends and family that I'm comfortable coming to my house and it's what I want. So if this week I want chicken pot pie and salmon with green beans I post that on my Facebook group. You can order it, but I don't want to hear. Oh, I want the salmon meal, but I don't like this. Like green beans, I want asparagus. No, there's no changing the menu. Mm-hmm. It is that menu or you no get what menu? You get. It's like yes. going into Snap Kitchen and pulling a meal off of the shelf. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's cheaper because it's not customized to you, mm-hmm. and I'm already making it, so I can bake two salmons at the same 15 minutes as 25 salmons. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's not hurting me at all to make other meals, so it's it's much cheaper. I feel that. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in that sort of thing, pre-made meal preps, they're generally healthy, anti-inflammatory. That's your only theme with that. And, I mean, it's kind of the same stuff. And that's locally here in Austin. Yeah. That's in Austin. Um, she comes out with a, a menu like every... <laughs> every Wednesday night or Thursday morning, and you have like three days to order by Saturday morning so that she can go grocery shopping and cook on the weekend and then pick up those meals at our house on Sunday afternoon slash night. Ah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and they're, all of the meals are between like seven and nine dollars, so really reasonable. Yeah, yeah. And really good portion sizes, so it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. We got like a lot of our like football friends from the ATX GFL in on it, and like my family in San Antonio sometimes orders if they want to come up and pick up the meals. So I am pretty jealous when I come over and you guys are always eating like a delicious looking little meal, and y'all are always <laughs> like, last three bites, fork down. You're like, all right, cool, ready to go, and I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Where'd it go? Is that meatballs? What was that? <laughs> it smells good. What do you do? Chris, what do you do? Well, Chris. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Chris, thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I, I'm on my fourth startup. Uh, it's called Men's Gold Box. It is a big and tall men's luxury clothing delivery service. Um, and we offer value to our clients via being time-saving um we give you an incredible experience i like to say we're like queer eye in a box so it's a lot of like love and um education and talking to our customers it's like very intimate um and then we have technology so we have sizing technology because we've cut sizes that have never been available to big and tall men before um we talked about it a little before but i do extra large to 4xl and we cut it in three different silhouettes because big and tall is this crazy category that encompasses 63 percent of men in the united states and uh, they cut it like it's just four or five or six different sizes and it's just basically blown up so the large you know you take the corners and you stretch it bigger that's a size 
so it's all banana. So we do, we recut the sizing and we got, I got way better fabrics. Um, Nike just released an article on Yahoo Finance that talked about how big and tall men, they're a market that's starting to shout because there's been no innovation in this market in 40 years. And so they have, um, they want higher quality items. They don't mind paying more and they want more options. So that's what, that's what we did. So my third business was also a big and tall men's clothing service, but we were um, more of a personal shopping service. And this one we're manufacturing. Um, so I, that one at a point reached like three, almost 300 monthly subscribers. And so I was personal shopping for all of these men. So I was completely running out of time, but it took that business for me to see that there was this huge group of big and tall dudes, basically like socially unacceptably sized men that had nowhere to shop and no one was paying attention to them and no one cared. And if you or I walk into a mall, we have like 50 or 80 stores we can shop at. If you're a big and tall dude and you walk into a mall, there's maybe one to three stores you can shop at. So it's crazy. Um, I also found that I think they're the best customers ever. They are so nice and understanding. I think because when you're having been a very heavy person in my life, when you're big, people shit on you. Everything feels bad. Everything looks bad. You're ignored. Literally people will like walk around you and not look through you like you're invisible. It's a very like dehumanizing experience. So, um, yeah. So men's gold box, we just... We do dress shirts and athleisure, and we have three different um, subscription sizes. And if you've been following the podcast, I just went through a business accelerator and won $100,000. So we're doing a relaunch uh, probably like January 1, right around there, get the new site up with all the new product. It's hot. It's hot, and I'm pumped. It's awesome. I got a marketing team on board. It's very good. This is the first business that I'm doing that um, I'm... I'm the uh, the end voice. Like I get to, I'm I'm who everything runs through. You know, like you, I make all the decisions, You're which the is CEO. really fun. Yeah, I like to say the founder because I feel like CEO. Like, what? I'm not managing people. Yeah. I don't have teams. You know, I'm the chief executive. You know, I'm just. I'm the founder, hmm. and it was an idea that my previous business partner had, but we just had so much opportunity to make bigger, and he wasn't interested, and I was like, okay, cool, let's sell this because I want to make this bigger, so, and then we joked earlier, but like, <laughs> right, you, I started working on this in 2018 and was basically just been driving Uber to sustain, at the beginning, I worked at Lululemon and drove Uber, and then when I needed more time to dedicate to the business, I cut off Lululemon, and just this past year have driven uber full-time which is crazy it's a crazy thing to say um and finally i'm able to get my first pay pay myself for the first time in two years so that's exciting so that's what we're about that's exciting thank you yeah uh, it's like you pitch this for a living it's it's like i win money pitching my business yeah i'm excited we also are i mentioned earlier we're going to be in three publications and i'm so and we haven't sold we haven't i have not sold a shirt yet you know we haven't been up for sale yet and people are pumped and i'm psyched about that but in 2020 you should finally sell but in 2020 shirts. yeah 2020 our projections for that look like half a million dollars the next year looks like two million dollars so it's going to be really fun it's going to be a really fun next two years of growth and yesterday I just secured my marketing team we finally agreed on like a 
I got this team of eight people and I agreed to give them a number of equity that worked for them. And so now I have, I just, my business just grew from like three to 11 or something. Um, they're a really cool group out of Houston that just relocated to Austin. They're called Trill Multicultural Marketing. Mm. And they usually work with big people like Cricket and AT&T and they've worked with Google. Um, and then they also have like a really strong celebrity based clientele. So what kind of their niche is partnering, like part of their niche is getting a big company that has a campaign they want to put out and partnering them with a celebrity because they can, they just got to call them up on the phone. They don't have to go through agents and blah, 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 because mm-hmm. they're, they're just homies. They're the coolest homies and they have all these friends. So they're going to help. We're looking at doing partnerships with some musicians and some professional sports players because those are kind of our niche big and tall categories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. I'm stoked. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm pretty psyched. Awesome. How'd you guys get, what made you want to do your own business versus work for other people? The twins. Uh, It kind of happened into making shirts because we had just made... A pretty boy shirt for me for a pride event and a bunch of people liked it and we were like should we be making shirts mm-hmm. um i think also but like, like a thousand people stopped you at this pride event to tell you like yeah like dozens and dozens yeah. of people yeah i know thousands um <laughs> millions even and then dozens i think millions of people i think like subconsciously like i always wanted to own my own business because our dad owns his own business so that seemed like the totally. end goal he's an electrician but he just always worked for himself. So growing up, I always thought that was like the dream. Interesting. Yeah. I also looked at my parents to sort of the, uh, fuck, I can't think of the word, uh, to like, uh, let me know mm-hmm. about, you know, how, what it's like to be a working person. Yeah. And I was like, cool. My parents are constant. My parents are both aerospace engineers. And all I was growing up, they worked at NASA. My mom worked on mission control. My dad worked at Boeing. And I was like, cool. These people are constantly stressed. They constantly look at computers. They're like, you know, always at their jobs. And I was like, no, I don't want to do anything like that. (laughs) I don't want to work at a computer. I don't want to sit in one spot. I'm not very good at staying still anyway. And I definitely don't want to do anything that is... um, Informed. That's what I was looking. They definitely informed my risk profile too, because they what they do. People die when you know when a shuttle crashes. People die. People they know die. And it was it was crazy to watch that impact uh, multiple times in our house. And I was like, cool. I never want to work in a field where someone can die because something went wrong. You know, mm-hmm. clothing. The worst thing that happens is like something doesn't fit someone, or something gets spilled on, or if some a fab- piece of fabric rips. You know, people That's still act like somebody died. And truly, yeah. <laughs> if you've ever worked in a retail <laughs> store, shout out to all those queens. Um, fucking, there's some there's some high and mighty minds thinking that they're all doctors. We used to, we used to joke about that in stores I worked in. I'd be like, y'all, this isn't a hospital. Hospital. <laughs> we are folding pants. <laughs> so that's tone it down. Literally. Um, yeah, same. I when I mostly worked for oh, when I was a young person, when I was like 17, I did 1.75 million dollars in personal sales at a clothing store in a mall. And I was like, wait. And then, and my pay was as a teenager. I got three percent commission on that, which was pretty good. But I was like, "Wow, yeah, it was a fucking lot." Yeah, I had a lot of money when I was young. Um, I was like, "Wait, um, 
I need to figure out how to work for myself. I just made someone really rich this year. Fuck mm-hmm. that shit. Like, I was just like, cool, I have a skill. I need to figure out how to get that going for myself ASAP. And it took me, you know, until I was like 28, so, to get it going. But I knew, yeah, that I did not want to work for Where other people. Where did you work at? I worked at, it was a store called Metro Park. Do you know? Okay, it was a fashion, music, and art boutique. It was called Metro Park. There's 65 of them in the U.S., and they were an L.A.-based boutique. And they, at the peak of these brands, they sold True Religion, Ed Hardy, Affliction, mm. all that stuff. You like, made 3% commission? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also paid for co- Like, I had enough money. I paid for college as I went. Like, I didn't. Jesus it was Christ. Like was, I also drank an infinity amount, and that's how I got kidney failure at 19. So <laughs> I had too much money. I think you can't have too much money as a child. And that uh, happened. Yeah. yeah. And I also never told my parents how much money I was making. That was yeah, really fun. Yeah. So that's a good call. No, for sure. Yeah, they were like, you can't have a phone. <laughs> you can't have a phone. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to buy one, and you can't have my phone number because you think I don't have a phone. So <laughs> that was And I'd always tell them I was calling from a friend's phone. <laughs> Like, I don't know who's, who's the same friend. I'm just the same out friend all the time. Friend. Oh, for sure, yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, no, I'm hanging out with Tyler. That's my neighbor. I was calling you from Tyler's phone. I'm so, so ridiculous. You're like, don't save this number. It's not mine. My but yeah, yeah, wanting to figure out how to multiply my skills and stop making people that I didn't even know super rich was what drove me into owning a small business. And Kator, you told us about how... <laughs> you literally hated being the salad person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and on top of that, like, people in a kitchen make way less than even servers. Mm-hmm. So she went from serving and making a good amount of money, which mm-hmm. you can make a hell of a lot of money serving, yes, you can. to working in a kitchen for $10 an hour. Yeah, so my, my first real job was being a host, which led me to being a server. So I was going from $8 an hour to two fifteen an hour, but with tips where it's like gambling. Like if you're really nice and you know how to play to your audience, you could make so much money mm-hmm. regardless of how long you work. If you totally. Yeah. So like you could work for four hours and make four hundred dollars. No, thirty percent of the money <laughs> I make on Uber is tips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and that's significant. They let me know I'm a top five Uber driver in the area. And I was like, don't you ever talk to me like that again. <laughs> You mean number one? Disgusting. No, no, I'm just, no, I was, I'm just like, I don't know. Sometimes I get a little down. I'm like, oh, I'm an Uber driver. You know, like, it just feels like it comes with the stigma of like, oh, you know, I'm weird and I couldn't get any other jobs. So I drive people around in my car, which isn't true, but I don't know why I put that on. (laughs) I'm like, shh, don't tell anyone I drive Uber. That's fun. But yeah, then going back to an eight or nine dollar job with no tips was never going to be appealing to me, <laughs> ever. And then add in that everybody else who works in a kitchen is a man. Uh huh. There's a also man. tons of sexual oh, yeah. nastiness. That How many people in a kitchen? How many people got fired while you worked there? Two. And I worked there for six weeks. <laughs> yeah. For sexually harassing. And I didn't, always, I didn't always. even say anything. Is the problem? The problem is, other people could see it. And they reported it. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm making salads. They're talking to me. Making salads. I'm blind and deaf. I'm making salads. No one's touching my butt. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. 
know. <laughs> Don't twist my butt. But also, but also, salad tongs. That's the shit. That's the shit we're trying to change. It shouldn't be that you have to be like earmuffs over your ears and blindfolded, and you're like, I'm just making salads over here, y'all. I don't well, know. Well, Kristen is like you know. unfuckwithable. Well, f- oh, that for sure too. For sure too, right? But she's like, you're wasting your time. You're not even a human. What I'm trying to say me. is, men, stop, stop trying to talk sex with us at the workplace. That's all yeah. I'm trying to say. Good it's job. just because we're behind closed doors in a kitchen where customers can't see us. Yeah, just because not. Doesn't mean people. it's not creepy as fuck. Oh god. Yeah. The quanti- I won't even get into it, but the quantity of unacceptable sexual situations that men have tried to oppress upon me in my own Uber car. Oh no. We were to kick someone out. Literally blows my mind. Yeah, last week kicked someone out. For something uh, like that? Long How does story that short. No, not for that, but like long story short. He bothered the other passenger. He laid down on the seat. That's not big of an issue. He took off his shoes. That's not a big of an issue. But in 4,000 rides I've given, no one has ever taken their shoes off. He hawked a loogie on the seat, on my seat, in front, just like, no. spit, was laid he drunk? down. Yes, he was drunk. Hmm. Um, but even so, have you ever been drunk and had the feeling like you really need to spit on the seat in the no. car you're riding in? No, that's insane. Have I spit in the car? And <laughs> yes, then, you have. And then... <laughs> And then he, we're driving on the freeway, he kicks me in the back of the head with his socked foot, and I was like, you can get the fuck out of my car. I just, like, sorry, I was Does, like, Did he, he think he was at his destination, though? No. No, he knew that I was dropping him off at a well-lit Costco, being a nice person. Yes, it was three in the morning, I don't give a fuck how you get home. <laughs> You're a dick. Do you have to, like, report that when that happens so they don't I give do. you a shitty review? I do. No, they won't. I mean, I, whatever. I, like, literally because care would... less about the review. I do report it. The issue with Lyft and Uber is Lyft will talk back. Like, Lyft will communicate back with me and be like, hey, we heard you had a bad time. They'll call you. They'll talk to you. They'll, like, um, sort of give you things to try to make you feel better because it's shitty. You yeah. Know? It's really shitty. Uber is just like, okay, cool. We took notes about it. Thanks. Like nothing. Happened. So much more. Corporate. I had four men okay. trying to like, trying to get me to spit on the guy in the seat next to me, telling me all these really nasty things. We'll have a Uber Lyft ride experience episode. Yeah. Being yeah, that's the, why being I would the, never do it. Yeah, being the actual grossest, and I, Uber was like, "Okay, cool. We made some notes. Thanks." And I'm like, "Y'all need to like ban their accounts. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, whatever. This is so gross. I think they would." Um... It doesn't help that Austin is like the bachelor party capital of the world, and, mm-hmm. and um, men think they, they can, would think yeah, about and it men more think that the bachelor party is literally the whole time that they're drunk, and it's like, oh no, 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 sorry, I'm working, I'm your paid driver at this moment, I'm not the woman you harass that who's like captive, like three feet away from you. You're crazy. We can talk about like, do we think that our queerness intersects with our small, or how do we think our queerness intersects mm-hmm. our small business ownership? Yeah. I mean, I think that just, I think you see a lot of, like, marginalized people. Wait, are we recording? Yeah. Um, And, like, women and queer people starting their own businesses just because it affords you, like, the ability and the power to, like, make your own decisions and make your own money. Like, you said, like, how do I make this money? Because typically those people, like, you're making that money for somebody else. And, like, through, like, social media or through online business, yeah, Mm -hmm. through online businesses or whatever it may be like we have the ability with the internet to be able to market ourselves and use our skills in a way that might we maybe otherwise wouldn't be able to or might not thrive so like Kristen works in a very male dominated industry so like doing yeah being her own business owner allows her to make a lot of money doing this thing that she otherwise might not maybe that doesn't mean that her queerness intersects that but that, that definitely has to do with your femaleness 
um, it's also finding that, a way to succeed as a woman business owner. I mean, in keeping more of that money conversation too, it's also right. Like, if we go out into the workplace place we are going to get paid 22 percent less to do the exact same job than every other man is mm-hmm. so fuck that i'm producing a shit ton more than every other man i've ever worked with and i want to keep even more of it so now i'm not gonna let someone else decide how much i make yeah because it's not gonna work out in my favor agreed what yeah. do you think um as the most minority person oh i was gonna say i'm the least minority because of the what, because now you're a white man? Do I get paid as much as men? Because I've never been paid very much. <laughs> right. But uh, as, like, a trans person? Uh, I mean, I just work for myself because I don't want to listen to anybody else. Yeah. It's fair. That's, and, like, my queerness only affects that, like, when I work somewhere, I always wanted to serve my community. So, like, that's what I do for my own business. Mm-hmm. But, like... When I've, like, been a designer places, like, I wanted to make sure it was, like, for, like, firms or agencies or wherever that, like, benefited, like, communities that I cared about. And it wasn't just, like, super corporate, like, meaningless. I just want my work to always, like, give back. And, like, the community I care about is the LGBTQ community. So, for me, like, just running my own business makes that easier than, like, hoping whoever's paying me is also, like, giving a shit. Oh, totally, right? And I know we've talked about it before, but, like, I I think in this country how we actually vote is by where we spend our dollars, right? And so, yeah, you, you, you want your effort, your time, the things that you, you know, stuff that you put in, um, your blood creating to go towards the things that you care about and not towards, say, funding people who don't care about the things you care about mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Or... You know, disagree with the things you care about. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that sucks. That's some advice. The learning Buy a label maker. It's oh, worth man. the money. Things that are worth the money. Doing that, um, definitely you need to register your business as whatever it is, like an LLC. Get yeah, your yeah, DBA. Yeah. Make sure you're doing your taxes correctly. Oh, yeah. Those things are okay, but it. how? <laughs> Um, well, TurboTax or uh, Quicken Quick Online, QuickBooks Online, Quicken, sorry, that's the old name for it. We're obviously not sponsored by them. Um, <laughs> QuickBooks Online, that's it does it's make it place. pretty easy to, to put that stuff together. And then say... Okay, but what if you don't know what uh-huh. you're doing at all? Like, what to put where and what not to put where and what to hide and, I mean, not hide? There are... <laughs> What, to tell always all the information financially to the government? Exactly, Kristen yes. Torres. Chef Kristen Torres, act Chef Kristen Torres. Um, <laughs> make it there till you make it. are... So, like, you can ask friends. I always really like that one. I also really like to help people. There okay. are countless YouTube videos on how to use Quicken, or QuickBooks. QuickBooks also has... Because right there, TurboTax, they're all... It's a huge company. They're mint... Um, they also have a phone line and you can mm-hmm. just call and some very nice person will be like, oh, For got free? it. That doesn't go in there. Yeah, because they want you to buy their product. They want you to have, mm-hmm. buy the monthly subscription. They want to use it. If you mm-hmm. don't know how to use it, you won't continue to use it. That's of no value to them. Mm-hmm. And you can always, so. worst case scenario, hire a CPA. Or a bookkeeper. If you're more simpler, if you are, yeah, if you're a simpler business, you can just hire a bookkeeper who is someone who does not have all the CPA licensing and they just put all your shit together and then that you could put into QuickBooks Online. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have to go through CPA. 
Taxes are easily the worst part about owning a business. Easily as, as the hardest. Yeah, especially, especially the worst part about being a human being in the United States. Oh, well, Especially a small business yeah, who makes, like, <laughs> no money. Like, if you're a small business and you are, like, making, like, oh, cool, I make $50,000, I make $75,000, that's a good amount of money. That's the worst amount of money to make. We just took a group photo. I also uh, it's like, it's, those tax those taxes hit you so hard in the income brackets that we are all in as small businesses. Oh yeah, well so there's that's a oh, reason. Oh, you're poor. Let us give you. Let's no, take no, no. 30% so that's a reason why I do not pay myself from my business. Like I don't do pay because I'm trying to avoid paying payroll taxes because they're bananas, right? To see that's where, where we're I, at right now. Exactly. So I'm I do the Uber side hustle because my bills are quite small and any a lot of things my business can pay for because they're business related. Um, and then if, as long as I don't draw money from my business, then or if I don't pay myself for my business, then I can avoid paying payroll taxes, which is what has been our goal for the last two years. Probably next year we'll start doing it. But I, yeah, but it's, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, we waited until this year or last year to start paying payroll yeah. taxes. So like three years in for a long time, I mean, it was just me and Chris, but then we hired somebody else. And then when that was the, the, the case, we ended up having to do that. Yeah. It's just like, and, uh, like for like small business tip, there's an app called Gusto. That's a really yeah, good process. That. Totally. It's, yeah. It's a f- radical app. That's cool. It is a great way. Yeah. Really I found that and I was like, Oh cool. It's, I don't have to think about any of this stuff. It's awesome. Brilliant. I have a few other tips. Um, if you are someone like us who ships out everything for yeah, yourself, we do that. USPS is the cheapest for Absolutely. us, in, our, in my opinion. Same for us. And we use um, we use ShipStation. We've also used Shipping Easy, but like they all hook up with like Stamps.com. It's yeah. way cheaper than going in person. Mm-hmm. And and those are just two articles. You can company. go and you Google schedule USPS pickup, and the post office, a postman will come to your house and pick up a package anytime. Or if you're like us, pick up 80 packages at yes. a time. So you never yeah. have to take a fucking trip to the post office, yeah. which is like the most life-changing thing yeah. to me as someone who runs a business. When we were yeah. in Brooklyn, we literally put all of our packages into a grocery cart and walked them <gasps> a mile in the snow, uphill, to the fucking Both post ways. office. And then <laughs> six months into living where we lived. We found out there was a post office not only closer, but then that you could do this. Not and we were like... <laughs> we were... Yeah. 2015, the internet did not work like uh, this. No, no. Absolutely It not. was different. We were too poor. Different, different times. times. Yeah. The amount of trips that I was like, are you... With our paper uh, you, labels taped onto our packages all, so they're I just getting wet. I want to hear it because I took those trips. I'm sorry. I had a full-time job. <laughs> I took those trips. Courtney has been... As long as I've known these trips twins Chris works full time on the business Courtney works also in the business but also another job (laughs) Courtney does like our emails and everything she can do via computer which is nice and you take care of most of the physical processes yeah I do all of the errands and yeah 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 I am our physical ambassador god I wish I had two of me yeah, today I answered 12 emails and like six of them I was like cool you'd love to chat you'll be chatting with Chris next week Just so anyone, in case anyone's wondering, I've been paid like two whole times in 2019. We're doing great. I've been paid yes, zero please. times. So you have a salary. Um, another thing, since we're talking about shipping and fulfillment, I use Uline for stuff because it's to get boxes and whatnot. Mm. Um, but uh, Maria has a business. It's uh, Shop Love Deluxe or Love Deluxe Shop? Love Deluxe Shop. Love Deluxe Shop. 
Uh, and she gets, she buys like really, so all her stuff is black, all her everything is black. I think if really Maria, if oh, I ever wow. saw her cry, I'm sure it would be black. Um, the she gets like these gorgeous little bubble mailers for super cheap, and they're all black. And then she goes on Vistaprint and gets her font Love Deluxe printed on a mm-hmm. black sticker, and it looks so hot. And I'm like, God damn. Where do you get the bubble mailers from? Uh, just uh, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's compare prices. Yeah. Yeah. We get yeah we get all of our mailers from. And Amazon it looks too. so sharp. As much as Amazon is the worst company as a business it is it we buy so much stuff for our business like when we run out of mailers totally, we run out of totally ink it, just being able to get something the next day and being able to compare prices and find things especially like things you might not be able to find at like office max or office depot or something and i have another hot tip since we're talking about how usps is the cheapest way to ship um if you are a small business and you can't afford packaging supplies they have free boxes oh, and okay. mailers yeah you can just go in take as many as you need or ask for more and my ups people are always super nice about that and they're always like hey use this stuff it's free you know we want to yeah. they do it as a service to try to help people like ship and mail and star things because you know the U.S. was founded on capitalist ideas. So my number one other tip is to always have a contract. Ooh, um, yep. yeah, sure, yep, yep, definitely. Been, uh, screwed, whether been the, screwed a few times yep. without it. Uh, whether that's with the business partners or clients. Uh, we don't have a contract. Yeah, you we, not, I, I wrote it out. I got us. We got a. Well, business, I think if, we had a well, I mean, I think if y'all had five years for that, we had a contract with your. But we have con- but we have contracts with our, our fundraising partners. Yeah, he was joking about. Oh, between you two. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Um, but I think if you guys broke up, both of your hearts would probably turn to ash, and you both yeah. die or something like yeah. that. <laughs> Twins have a special thing. But even um, help yourselves. On top of like not only business partners but clients, like even as a graphic designer, like when when I have somebody approach me for even doing a logo, mm-hmm. there's a contract involved yeah, in that because you need to know that you're gonna get paid. Kristen has a contract that she has yet to give to any of her clients. <laughs> I'm nervous, but have I been fucked over? Absolutely. Contracts oh, are girl. really hard, and the thing is, is like you don't probably not the best advice in the whole world but like you don't need an actual lawyer to make a contract for you you as long as you have something in writing that like expresses what your agreement is and both parties sign it that's enough that if something were to go wrong at the very minimum do that i also advise if if you're gonna have both parties sign it just have one person witness it as well yeah just because that's uh if if you need to take this to court to do something with it that's going to be a much stronger case for you Mm -hmm. than we both signed it because he can go oh no i didn't this is my signature right you know but without a doubt, it's always good to do things like with in writing and like, mm-hmm. so always a good recommendation to like, if you're going to do any business dealings, try to do that stuff via email instead of over the phone. If yes. you want things written out or yes. if you do something over the phone, make sure to send a follow up email repeating everything you've totally. already discussed. This is all really good. Stuff like that is so, just, I, I mean, it's people, you can't trust anyone and then you learn it five years in where you're I like, know. for the love of God. And you think, <laughs> no, I can tell when someone's like, no, I want, it's not going to happen to me. No, no. blah, blah. And haven't I've been screwed out of like 15K because I <laughs> literally, because I delivered on every piece of the contract and I finished two months early and he said, you didn't fulfill our contract because you're leaving early. So instead of the 10K I owe you, I'm going to give you $600. And I couldn't do anything about it because we didn't have, we had an, only a verbal agreement, which does not hold up anywhere. No. And pretty, you nice. know, pretty strongly, if someone does not want to pay you something, they and there's no contract, you're not going to see that money. No. Nope. Mm-mm. Not at all. <laughs> And yeah. now I'm having lawyers do contracts, and yes, it is much more expensive. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, good thing I got 50k, so 20k can go to cut. It's not true, but like 1300 bucks to get this marketing agreement contract done. Yep. Oh, uh, also, like if you. You should copyright your name. Yeah, copywriting and trademarks, it's really complicated and Is it? It, it's annoying. Um, and, well, Would copyrights you- and trademarks are easier than patents. So we finally got our business trademarked this year. Nice. <laughs> The fifth How much year. did that cost you guys? Uh, it's actually not that expensive okay. to do it yourself. Okay, but okay. if you do it yourself, we had we had to get you had to get we had to end up going through a lawyer because when you do it yourself, they have all of these hoops they make you jump through intentionally so you fuck it up so that you're so that so you like eventually. when you're voting for like a proposition or whatever and they word it specifically in a confusing way where you don't know if you're voting for or against something totally. that's what a trademark is yeah like. so they like have all these things and you like submit all these documents and they're like oh you actually submitted it in the wrong pdf version so it doesn't exist so like oh there's like all this dumb shit so just use a lawyer because like when you submit it to like when we submitted it and it got denied you get like six months to reapply for it and when mm-hmm. that happens you're gonna have a million lawyers approach you which we just they get like notified by totally the yeah, trademark office that there's a yeah, they're looking for this thing. list totally so, totally so we um we ended up going through one of those lawyers and it was not that much money it was like five hundred dollars maybe nice. but then it, we okay. got it done and our trademark is filed um realistically i would love to have every one of our designs copyrighted because every other day we see somebody ripping off one of our designs mm-hmm. it just would be expensive because you would have to pay for every one of those designs mm-hmm. prove that you did it first and you technically have creative license of everything that you create like, like creative commons. you guys we have, have common like yeah creative commons or whatever it's called if for all of our designs like gender roles are dead that was our phrase we put that on a thing it's oh, been on it's been on I just like that. yeah. Did y'all get a notification? Probably. I'm excited. Oh, That's awesome. Thank you. Um, but like stuff like that, like at any artist, when you create something, yeah. you technically own it. Yes. But just legally, you should yeah. if you don't. Legally, want. it's like a little bit harder to prove. Yeah. It you'll go. You're making if you have to go to court about it, then it's going to be much harder to prove it if you didn't have a lawyer yeah. back you up with it later. Yeah. And also, like yes, like right for you guys, you own all this stuff, and people rip you off. The only way you can get after it is like if y'all got like a lawyer on the, on the company team to be like, hey, we're going after this, 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 and this, and guy, you know, and that sucks, and yeah. it's really hard. It, and it, people should not rip off other people's art. It is irritating, and like there's times like where we can. Where we've seen on Etsy or like Redbubble, and we can, we can like flag it and say, hey, this is a copyright infringement. Sometimes it gets taken down. More often than not, it doesn't. Yeah. We've seen people wear PTWC. People walk up with like their own stenciled, stenciled version, version of our pretty of boy our design pretty boy in shirt. the same font, uh-huh. like, which is very, like, it's very distinct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like okay, well, I, I get it. Well, like, Courtney if, created that font for us. Like if you like, I guess like you can't afford it. I understand. I would rather you have made it yourself than buy it from a ripoff version. But it also in that same regard, it's like. That's something, an idea and something that we created. You should pay money for that, especially a small business, small, queer, woman-owned, trans-owned business. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, like, patents are even worse. So, like, when we came up with our idea for our binder, like like Chris said, we had the very first idea for a nude chest binder. Okay. We weren't able to patent it because proprietary patents are so hard to get. Mm-hmm. You have to be so specific and it's different. They want to know the exact blend of the fabrics. They want to know the exact measurements. They want to know the... Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And so if someone changes a little bit, it doesn't protect it and exactly. you can't really protect that Which, idea. Like, we wanted to, From, we wanted to um, patent that ours was Racerback because there was no other Racerback. And so not only did after we came up with our idea and while we were in the manufacturing process, did our competitor 
take the idea for mm-hmm. all of the nude colors. They this year in the last two months have come out with a racerback version. It so took them com- three years after that, we. But that company, that company has ripped us off twice, and every time that it's been brought up, people are like, "It wasn't that good of an idea." We're like, "It what?" But- it, it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if, they, if it wasn't if that good of an idea. Why did they not? Exactly. Why did they take it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, yeah, that it's happened and twice with the same company is so frustrating. And then that they are they're the biggest player in the market, and, and that's just such like, a, the hard thing too because uh, from my. I, right, I've been through five business accelerators and I attend lots of like um, uh, business info sessions and networking sessions and I went to one recently with the founder of this um, VC firm called The Hatchery which is from New York and there was uh, maybe three people out of the seven person group that were trying to build businesses based off of existing patents that they owned and that's hard because unless you actively win a case against your patent a patent is hardly enforceable mm-hmm. um, you know and so people will go through patents cost you thousands to hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of dollars um, and and like you said someone if someone changes one piece of code what changes a corner changes a dimension they're suddenly not infringing on your patent you know mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people will focus on needing to um, patent or uh, try to lock down their stuff. And it's, I would advise folks, like, if you're selling a really good product that's quality and you're adding value to, you know, your customer's life experience, it's, I wouldn't worry too much about a patent. Like, don't put, don't invest too much time and money into it because unless you're going to then purchase a legal team to back up and Mm -hmm. enforce it, it's not going to matter that much anyway. They're created for huge corporations that can afford that. Oh, certainly. So, like, the Nikes that can you know patent their air max their air stuff yeah you know yeah, yeah, or yeah. mcdonald's patenting how they fr- fry their french fries people like that do they really i mean i'm sure that there's things okay. like that or like the big mac like the reason like, have you have we insane. have you ever seen another three stack burger like stupid shit like that where you're like someone else would do this if it wasn't patented totally, which is so dumb totally. that it's patented i know they are like there's th- things like that it's made for large corporations mm-hmm. it's a game that none of us are meant to be playing in no. Like, I think we're just scaring no, no, no. people away from owning their own business at this point. No, no, no. I think no, we're, we're just, saying, we're just advising them, it. yeah, not to spend time and effort and money into patenting something because it, literally, even if someone copies your exact same shit, they will never execute it the same way you will. We, our binders still sell out, even though the other number one binder company has t- duplicated what we do. Yeah. I think that that's something that people kind of assume that they need to do off the bat. And I think that's what we're trying to say is that, like, yeah, exactly. don't necessarily prioritize it. You don't have to start you with should, that. You should... I think trademark your name. If yes. you if you're going to create a business, trademark your name because like that's kind of the first thing you want to do. You want totally. to legitimize your name being trademarked. And you don't want to get into an issue later on down the road like um what was Flex Mafia was called something before it was called Flex Mafia. Our friend owns a small um, gym wear company, but she had it called something else and she was running it as that for like a year. And so everybody knew what it was. She was printing all of her shirts with these designs. It was her social media. And then somebody else had like a similar name to that because she hadn't gone through the process Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. either researching it or trademarking it. And she got hit with cease and desist where she had to rebrand in her first year, which is super complicated and really hard as a small business to do. And it sucks. Uh, I think I like her name now, Flex Mafia. It's really cool. And she was able to change that. But... It was a hurdle that she that she didn't necessarily have to go through or need or need when to. When you're go. fucking doing a business, yeah. you're like, shit out. And especially shit. when you're just getting your name out there, everybody knows us as, as flaunt. If somebody took that name and then we weren't able to use it anymore, and we own that social media and everything else, it's like, well, fuck. Like we'd have to get people to realize. Oh, hey, Which by the way, why we spelled flaunt with a V? Which I love. Yep. <laughs> 
Yep, because nobody else is doing that. Which is also what I was going to go into the next bit of, like, advice we could give people. Sorry, whiskey burps. Um, (laughs) Is, um, you know, name selection. That's a really important thing. A lot of companies make up their own names now for SEO purposes because if you want to be called... I don't know, bold navy or something. Anytime someone types that shit in, right? You can't. Anytime someone types that shit in, they will never find you, no matter how much money you spend, like uh, pressing your name up in the internet. It will never matter. Yep. So, like, I have a friend. His company's called Vinder. It's a. He jokes that it's a dating site for vegans, which I really think it should be, but it's not. It's like a neighborhood food delivery service. Um, And I was like, okay, cool. And nothing else is called Vinder, so it works great for him, right? When I was trying to figure out what to call men's gold box, I was like, oh, shit, okay. But I knew I wanted the word gold. And then some ad marketing guy gave me the advice that I should spell box with two X's to be like XXL, but also so all of the words had four letters. And so so that worked better Mm -hmm. graphically, right? And then um, that, you know, no apostrophes not to complicate things. Don't complicate things for people. It's hard. How much trouble do you guys have with folks trying to figure out flaunt it's yeah, hard it's hard people mispronounce flaunt all the time it's hard so spell it like it sounds and which that is hard for us but like totally. once we explain it to people they're like oh like ruka or like yes, churches totally, or like totally. we've seen other brands that do something mm-hmm, like, and they're mm-hmm. like i just didn't know what it was it's like mm-hmm. okay once they get it but yes yeah and it's smart because you guys pretty much own all of the search optimization around flaunt right mm-hmm. so you know, if you want to do a business, pick a name that is fun and is spelled like it's super sounds. catchy, like Chef Kristen Torres. Just like at Chef Kristen Torres or <laughs> Chef Kristen Torres.com. Um, <laughs> right. Using your own name is also a good way to do it, though, because, yeah. you know, yeah. there probably are a lot of people. Except for when people are like, what business do you work for? And I'm like, Chef Kristen Torres. My dad is Bill Rhodes Electric. Oh, I love that. You know, like that's just what it <laughs> is. Sounds reason. like build roads electric. <laughs> I like. It feels like bringing communities together. You just build right? something. Everything. Lighting communities for the future. I don't know <laughs> what his slogan is. But... Build roads electric. <laughs> Thanks, Kristen, for being our first guest. <laughs> You're welcome. Do you have say, anything else that you want to say? So, like my top, um, what's it called? Suggestion. Stop. Top suggestion. Top mm-hmm. tip. Top tip is no matter how valuable you think your service is, you need to charge for your client's time, not necessarily your time. So this is what I learned in doing it was when I first started my business, I was charging an hourly rate because that's really all I knew. I was a server, a host, Mm -hmm. I worked online, I was paid hourly. So my only mentality was that you get paid hourly and that's it. So once you do something over and over and over, you start getting faster. So say my first ever client that I meal prep for took me five hours, okay? Then I come back and it takes me four and a half hours and three hours and then two hours and then I'm... I'm essentially cutting my pay because I'm getting better at my job, Mm -hmm. but I'm better at my job, so I should be getting paid more, Mm -hmm. which is why Mm -hmm. I charge a set rate now instead of hourly, because I am paying for not only, well, my time, but my client's time. My client is usually well off. They can afford a personal chef. They are paying for the time that it would take them to cook dinner 
So they're opportunity costs, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So, they're also paying for your creativity. Yes. So say on a Monday night they want to cook dinner or they want to go out to dinner or whatever. That's going to take them, say, two hours to cook, clean, eat the meal, and or drive to the place, order their meal, have dinner. Maybe they decide they want to go out, and then that was a segue to them not doing any more work, you know? That was, say, two to three hours of their time Mm -hmm. that they're wasting Mm -hmm. making a meal. Mm -hmm. And what's it worth to them? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, So how one of my clients told me is, say I'm only eating dinner. Say I get something really quick for breakfast or lunch, or I just have like a protein shake or something super easy, but I'm spending two hours a day making dinner mm-hmm. that's 14 hours a week making dinner where I could be working mm-hmm. in that time I could be working on my business for 14 hours what is that worth so I'm cooking for them once a week saving them roughly 14 or so hours a day exactly that's how much my business is worth to them mm-hmm. so which is not, a lot more than what you think it's worth to you yes <laughs> correct definitely so when you put it into perspective like that, a millionaire, 14 hours to a millionaire is probably worth a hell of a lot more than 14 hours for the normal human being, such as myself, you know? Also to throw in a statistic, women that work service jobs or perform services uh, usually self-evaluate their services at 40% less than what men who perform the same services True. do. Yeah. So as women, we just are, we're just like, oh, oh, you know, oh, no, I'm just doing I'm like, I do this for free. It's fine. You don't but like, pay me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so many times, so many times. And also there's that thing too, if you have a friend that does a service, people always, people just sort of inherently undervalue. You know, they're like, you're, you're, if you're someone that cuts hair, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Your friend's like, well, can I just come over your house and cut my hair like be 20 bucks you know or some shit like that or like can i come get a haircut you know and it's like no this is my time this is my job this is my after so now you're asking me to bring my work home do it literally for free for you you're disqualifying or discounting all of the years of experience i've spent plus like going through cosmetology school is one of the hugest processes it's like a fucking full-time job that no one pays you for right Mm -hmm. and then people are like well you color my hair for free you know and it's like no 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 pay also pay the person for the service because that's the quality of job you're going to get mm-hmm. you know if you want a good product be willing to pay someone who will perform a quality service mm-hmm. you know and that's i don't know I, i'm pretty sure like uh in our economy price dictates quality pretty much all the time yes so so that's my top tip is don't underprice yourself yes. for what you don't underprice yourself yeah 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 for sure. And making a set price. That's a yeah, that's something women yes. constantly do. Yeah. Sick. Any other tips? It's My good. second and final tip would be to get what you want at all times. Even if you think you're gonna look stupid, Ooh. I think that asking for what you want will get you further than not asking for what you want. Can you give uh, an example? That well that's really strong. It took me four businesses to get to no, I'm going to get what I want. Yes. I don't know what yeah. you mean by this. So an example in my business is when someone's like, hey, I want your weekday meal prep, but like I only want seven meals, so you could cut me a deal. I don't want that. Yeah. I want a yeah. client that's going to pay my rate. I don't 
care how many meals you want. You're paying for my time. Mm-hmm. No matter how many meals I make you, I'm still going to the grocery store. I'm still going to cook we still for you. I'm still going to clean your kitchen. I'm still going to make you a menu for seven or 30 meals, okay? I'm doing the same work. We would love to say thank you to Chef Kristen Torres for being our guest this week. Yeah, thank you for being our first guest. Appreciate it. You can, you can be on every week. At I don't think anyone wants you on every week. <laughs> Courtney wants you on every week. Um, you can find her at chefkristentorres.com or at chefkristentorres on Instagram. Chris, yeah. just like really love it. But also, love. this podcast should just be the Chris, Chris, you, and no, podcast. Chris, Chris, and Kristen podcast. Chris, Chris, Kristen. Chris, Chris, Kristen. Chris, Chris, and Kristen. But you should know that sometimes Dang. in my head, I just say your name. I'm like, chefkristentorres. Chef it's just it's a, a very weird. delightful yeah. mouth. So we are going to see if we have any questions. We're checking our questions for the queers. Um, Chris said he perused them earlier. He saw some business ones, some personal ones. How did y'all start your businesses? We already talked Covered. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, are you hiring? Are any of us hiring? I am. I'm fundraising. So my, my big goal for my business in the next maybe six or so months is we're raising 500K, 400 to 500K. So, and I'm doing that mostly through like uh, partnerships and investment for equity. So, if anyone is rich and listening, hit your girl up. Yeah. I like to think of myself as a wealth generator. <laughs> I've never lost money, I've only ever turned money into more money. So, it's my special skill. That's good. Yeah, we're not hiring. Eventually, we'd love to probably... We've talked about having um, interns and obviously having paid interns because I don't believe in unpaid internships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to do one the last two summers, but we just didn't have the ability or the means. Or you have to get a lot together to get an intern oh, on your team. Oh, yeah. It just seemed like... And then, totally. especially with me working full-time elsewhere, it's kind of hard to put that all on Chris. Mm-hmm. But we ha- have expanded our team to three, which is larger than it was and then in the future there's always opportunity for that um i know that Kristen, her goal in 2020 is to hire chefs um beneath her so she can have more clients and she can just manage that she wants to continue doing some of the cooking herself but to be able to expand to have a lot more clients she would love to be able to hire other chefs potentially she could eventually become a marketplace that partners people that want food preps or food make with chefs in their area yeah Mm -hmm. for sure yeah there's definitely more opportunity for her to make money and expand if she hires other people because Mm -hmm. she only has so many hours in the day and so many hands something as uh like something that tony robbins talks about is being a business owner and a business operator and Mm -hmm. one of the like one of the only ways to expand your business is to go from an operator to an owner Mm -hmm. which is where you are not producing the money that comes into your business right you've handed that off yeah or you're um Mm -hmm. delegating to people that are doing that production now for you Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah people asked how to start your business and advice on how to get started and challenges i think we talked about that Mm -hmm. Um, also if you have specific business questions we all have businesses so yes maybe this episode was business specific but shoot us your questions we'll answer them if yeah, send something. us DMs or email us yeah. specific ones, and we'd love to like be it's able fun. to maybe provide a little bit of We want to help grow our fam and community, yeah. and that's being part of that. I My business has only grown because people that were better than me gave me time and info and I direction. Mean, Chris has given me and Corny plenty of actual business advice because we're great at the creative part, but not mm-hmm. like necessarily the like business side. And that's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it, ta- it takes all types yeah. of, like there is, I do like to believe that there's something for you to learn from every <coughs> single person that you meet. So it's up to you to be open enough to. 
Uh, someone asked, how do you manage running your businesses while also paying rent, having hobbies, etc.? So like you said earlier, <laughs> isn't you, that the, you the drive, question? You drive Uber. I drive Uber. Courtney, Courtney works a nine to five, uh-huh. so she only I, runs like a portion of Flaunt. I also make money from content creation on Instagram, mm-hmm. so like I have other avenues of money. So yeah, freelance basically for like sponsored content, but also I mean. I have made less money through that and flaunt than basically what my bills are. Yeah. I am just incredibly savvy at managing money. It's Excellent. something that I've been good at. Yeah. And luckily had a lot of savings the nice. start of this year. Nice. In this year of not paying myself very much for yeah. flaunt, which other years it has paid enough for my rent, whereas this year we've been trying to grow it and not pay, been paying me and I was able to like live off of my savings and pursue doing like <laughs> another side hustle sort of thing like Instagram. So mm-hmm. like sometimes you have to work multiple avenues yep. to fuel what you're passionate about and like Flaunt has sold more this year than it has every other year, nice. but Courtney and I have made the least money this year because yeah. Of taxes and because of turning things around stuff. and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and we have more like Dip. putting money into more products yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. The manufacturing. So that's part of running a business is knowing like you could be exponentially selling more and then just the bigger your business gets, the more expenses you have and just mm-hmm. learning how to balance all of that. And you're gonna have to have side hustles and mm-hmm. you're gonna have to be able to be good at managing your money mm-hmm. and. Um, it's not always fun, but like if you're passionate about it, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, keeping like a really good attitude is one of the number one things yeah. you have to do in business. Be positive. You gotta fucking smile when you have thirteen dollars in your bank yeah. account because no one else is gonna smile for you. You're like, what events are free in town? Totally. Oh, you, man. you can do self buy for free. There's all kinds Ooh. of stuff. I um, am a free event person. I'm a free, I would also say, uh, so I do Uber. I also do Rover, right? So I dog sit, I house sit. I don't do the dog walks because I don't think they um, pay enough. And also, I, Rover takes 20%, which I think is a little boo-boo. And also, a little bit of a bad business model because it leaves room, say, if I were interested to negotiate with the customer, hey, I could make 10% more and you could pay 10% less if we do this directly, you mm. know? So... Um, so that's a thing that Uber, Rover offers, offers, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm drunk, Uber over offers, you know, <laughs> you know. but yeah, Words. like, like over Christmas, I'm not driving Uber that week cause I have a house sitting gig. I'm going to watch two, the cutest little dogs. Um, one's super old and one's four years old and they're adorable. The house is gorgeous. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do Christmas there with Maria and I'll make 800 bucks that week for just staying in that house. So f- fucking great. Yeah. So you know? find like side gigs if there's, mm-hmm. if you are very busy running a business, mm-hmm. there are very flexible ways to make money. And I would say leaning to a side gig that plays into the things that you're good at. Yeah. I love talking to people and I love driving my car. Yeah. So that is something that is a very natural progression for me. I love dogs and I love walking high. So that is something that works well for me too. Yeah. And so Kristen picks up these side catering gigs a lot. So through totally. through contacts that she has from culinary school. So it's like a couple hundred bucks every other week, you That's know, right. something that she can do when she's like, okay, I don't have a client Thursday night, so I'll go do this catering gig. Totally. Um, totally. And it's obviously like in her wheelhouse. So yeah. Because, you know, you don't get paid a 
a ton, a ton. Although y'all for Uber, I do usually make like 30 to 50 bucks an hour. I have it like down. I know which hours to drive. I'm a top tier driver in Austin. Holla, use Uber in Austin. Hopefully we meet each other. And they pay me extra promotional hours to work specific times. So I just make sure I work the specific time. So mostly I do my business all day. Like sometimes I'll drive from 7 to 9.30 in the morning. That's a good window because people are up and I'm not doing any business before then. And then I'll do business all day long and then I'll start driving again in the afternoon from like 4 to 6 and then maybe I'll do 10 to midnight or something like that. And, you know, and that day I'll make, I'll drive uh, what, like 6 hours I'll make like 150 to 200 bucks and great, that was a day. Yeah. You know, I also worked my business all day. You know, yeah. had meetings, did interviews, talked to developers, sent products, talked to clients, you know. So if you want to have a business, it's definitely a hustle in the beginning unless you are so, so blessed to have a large quantity of money that mm-hmm. someone's willing to yeah. invest in you. Yeah, and you can get paid day Which is one. how a lot of people make it's awesome. a start. But. It's awesome, you know. But if you are probably one of our listeners like us who are people that are in the minority, people are not necessarily listening to us no matter how much experience or, like, the uh, sales... Um, you know, just real life sales that I have to show, you know, real life businesses that I have grown, um, you know, you, you probably won't start off getting paid that much. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that we all have the same kind of advice of just like, what are you kind of have to hustle on that. Um, and then one of the last questions was, uh, specifically about flaunt. Someone was asking if we like have any, um, plans to expand mm-hmm. which we have talked about like we want to one day have like our own Open space, space. like yeah. a big a queer space where you could like physically go in and buy stuff from in Flaunt in my heart I'm part and of then, Flaunt yeah <laughs> well, you are and in the back we'll have a fucking podcast studio Straight and up. then it'll also be like a queer community space yeah. with like maybe a coffee shop totally. we can have open mic nights there uh-huh. and like Oh, you can get your gross dream. vegan foods and yeah. whatever. Yeah, like whatever, whatever the queers are into these days, you know. But yeah, yeah, and yeah. like a big kind of warehouse space in the back that like Men's Gold Box could have like we could share yeah. that warehouse space. We don't need all and that fucking might, room. I'm saying and then we could print space. back there in part of that space. And that might it might in the future look like a church here on the east side. <laughs> it Austin. might look like that. I'm I mean, saying, praise him. Oh man. <laughs> Praise him or her or them, however they go. Praise them. Praise them. Oh, love it. Praise them. God, we had so many t-shirts this episode. God is definitely a them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It has to be. He has to be. That was all of our questions. That was our questions. Um, So we would love to know what you guys, our beautiful listeners, think about our first couple episodes back, QFI 2.0. If you have any goals or wants or desires. Suggestions for topics or just or feedback, too. You're like, actually, I fudge and hate it um just let us know we want to we want you to enjoy listening to it because we love making it so yeah please feel free to send that to our email at queer for it podcast at gmail.com or drop it into our dm yeah so uh before we wrap did we want to chat all about um the L word. Oh shit! Um, okay, y'all. So we watched the L word this weekend as a group. It started back. Uh, it's back. Um, I loved 
Oh, shit. What, the blonde one with the cute hair? That's the new Shane, right? We shouldn't say that. Um, I'm following Finley her on Instagram now. Her name is Finley, and she's a new Gen Q, and I'm for it. I think she's cool. I'm not necessarily attracted to her, but I like who she rep- I feel like she represents me, you know, and I'm into it. Yeah. What, sure. like 10 years ago? No. <laughs> Roasted. I feel Tor- like she's like a... She seems such like a baby gay. She yeah, seems like a baby super gay. baby gay. She doesn't know what she's like doing. So very like, easily ooh. excitable. Like, yeah. oh my god, Shane. Oh my god, you live in the house. Oh my god, I wish I had a house. She, she, you know? She's our age, but she's kind of younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, true. Well, but that's and or the, the gay that never grew up. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, we do know that. the Neverland gay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. What What did y'all love? What struck you? What do you need to talk about? Uh, I like that instead of making everyone feel more relatable, they instead decided made them so fucking made rich. every one of the returning cast member members now obvious millionaires. Like Shane got off a private jet. They live in mansions. Yeah, it's like Alice has a TV yeah. a TV show. Yeah, which like yes. before they were already power lesbians. They all, and now, they all owned houses in LA, which is unrealistic which to start is, out with. Even oh, so they ago. all had a cool five mil to just toss away. And now, gotcha. Uh, now they had a cool fifty mil for that. Also, what does Shane do? She owned She's a hairstylist. She the owned salons in, in New York and pa- Paris. Passing, they said, "Did you sell the salon in Paris and New York?" So that oh, was our very okay. Subtle. So we're thinking that's where she gets her lumps on because I know hairstylists. They, you know, you're good you at your job. Money. You make six digits, no problem. No, she sold her salons. Okay, okay. So, so that would, that but could she's have. married. But we don't think that naked woman was the the. We um wife. We don't we know haven't met the wife yet. We, we haven't met the wife. wife but she didn't have her wedding ring on mm. when oh, she was with the naked woman. Really? I, mean, I didn't. I know. That. Well, at the end, she woman. like goes like <laughs> and pulls it off her finger. Okay, okay, okay. She was fucking a woman on the the counter. It could possibly have been that flight attendant girl. It could have been a flashback. That's the thing. It's kind of. It's obviously it's personally confusing. Could have been a flashback. Could have been a flash forward. Could have been a current. We don't know shit about shit. No. But where's Tina? No one gives a shit. Where's Tina? We'll look into it. Okay. We're going. All right, so that's our show this week. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Queer For It. You can send us an email at Queer For It podcast at gmail.com and visit our website queerfort.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts stitcher podbean google play just just send us something on there send us some love on there um tell your friends family coworkers, everyone about us shoot us any questions or topics that you would like us to answer or cover in the future and until next time we love you so you should too we love Bye. you. Love you. Bye. Talk to you about the L word next week. Bye. Talk about the L word next week. Bye. Watch it with your friends. Bye. <laughs>